It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, amateur pork smoker and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey there, Coach. The topic of transferring student-athletes has become so popular because of the NCAA transfer portal, of course, and just the more accepted culture of transfers uh, and recruiting them and seeing them leave your team, bringing others onto your team. It's just changing a lot of the ways that coaches recruit. So we wanted to bring you audio from a webinar that I sat in on hosted by Mandy Green. Many of you know her. She works with Tudor Collegiate Strategies as one of our experts, and she also leads the Busy Coach Program. And she has a regular group meeting of coaches from all around the country that she advises called Recruiting Made Simple. And as the title might indicate, it is supposed to focus on things that simplify the recruiting process. A lot of our clients at Tudor Collegiate Strategies are involved. They really like it. And this topic was on the NCAA transfer portal and recruiting transfers in general and the strategies around that uh, that whole idea. So this was a really good discussion that went about, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. And I think you're going to like it. I wanted to include it. So I asked Mandy to send the audio from the webinar and she was gracious enough to do that. So you're going to listen in as we have a discussion with coaches on this really interesting topic and it, it hits on some really really good points. Mandy Green asked some great questions, and I think you're going to find it very informative. And if you aren't already involved in her program, Recruiting Made Simple, and you maybe have never gone over and investigated what Busy Coach is all about, I really highly recommend that you do. You can go to busy.coach online and pull it up, get all her information. All the resources are fantastic, in addition to what we offer at Tudor Collegiate Strategies. So, with that, here is the webinar. All right. So we have uh, for Recruiting Made Simple this month, a hot topic that I'm hearing from a lot of coaches is the transfer portal and even, uh, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, what, what is the timing of recruiting junior college kids? What's the message we need to send to them? And so I asked Dan Tudor, he uh, is doing a lot of workshops and a lot of traveling, but he uh, he found uh, this one small window of time. It worked out for him to hop on. So while we have him here and he's he's got to run to another call here in a little bit. So we're just going to kind of do this question and answer style today. So if you guys have any questions that don't get answered uh, within this time that we have, Dan, today, please either email me or certainly email Dan directly and I'll make sure in the, in the replay that I send out, we'll, we'll get, um, you know, Dan's contact and you have my contact information, but, but Dan, while we got you here, right. So let's talk transfers and junior colleges. First, the thing I would love for you to share, because I think it, it is a necessary thing before you start diving into the recruiting, uh, the, the transfer portal is philosophy, Right. I mean, well, and Dan, and I explained this to Dan and just right for everybody here. Right. This is recruiting made simple. We're trying to break up this one, you know, complex thing of recruiting transfers and this whole transfer market and portal and break it down into smaller, more simple, more digestible steps. So we have a clear path, a path and a plan. Right. To 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 uh, 
to tackle moving forward. But I mean, so Dan, just kind of starting, I mean, what is, I know, you know, I listened to you at the track and field convention and you talked about Dabo Sweeney and his transfer portal philosophy versus other coaches transfer portal philosophy, but what have you seen work with coaches and just, you know, their, their approach and, and, you know, their mindset as far as how to even go about recruiting transfers? Yeah. Well, I mean, first, thanks for letting me hop on. This is, uh, uh, your, you know, your world. So I appreciate you, uh, opening it up and letting me just, uh, share a little bit. Um, and great to see a lot of familiar faces, some of which I haven't talked to in a while. So it's fun to see everybody's, uh, face on here. Um, so I'll say a couple of things. First, the, the reference you made to the track and field convention, and I've mentioned Davao Sweeney, who's the head coach at Clemson, head football coach. Um, you know, he made a, a pretty uh, sort of declarative statement that he has for a couple of years that we're not going to recruit transfer portal kids. That's not us. We're setting aside, you know, we're going to develop four-year kids. We're not going to jeopardize their playing time with, with transfers. Now, whether he sticks with that long term, who knows? But for the last couple of years, he has. He's maintained his word. And that's, I think, an example of what you bring up in, in terms of philosophy. Um, he has set a philosophy, right or wrong, good or bad. Is it going to work or not work? I don't, it, it, probably a little bit of both, but that's his philosophy. He's voiced it. And, and I think what's important is that his recruits know it. And that probably is a discussion point behind the scenes of whether or not we go to Clemson. We as a family, our son, you know, where's he going to play football? Well, at Clemson, you know, they're not going to bring in transfers. That has to count for something. Uh, you could take another program who would say, and I mean, we, I'd say this is the majority, where whether it's football or softball or track and field or whatever the sport, you could say, all right, internally, us as coaches, our staff, we're going to take transfers. We're going to be open to transfers, but now let's have a philosophy of recruiting kids in high school that are good, that are probably going to have a lot of options, and we may not be the best option emotionally, brand-wise, right out of high school, but let's recruit them out of high school hard, fully expect to lose the vast majority of them to another school. And when that happens, then we have almost a separate plan of contact, congratulations, great coach, great school, you're going to do great. If something doesn't work out, then we want to be the first one when you call down the road. Congratulate the parents and maintain some sort of contact a little bit, not to re-recruit them, try to change their mind, but to let them know that, you know, you're not mad, which is sounds so you know basic, but when you're 17, 18-year-old kid, that really counts for something. And so that's a philosophy. So whatever the philosophy is, have it written down because I think transfers now way more than even just three years ago or so much more of a of a realistic part of recruiting way more than you know in the past where you might you might do a little bit of junior college recruiting if we need somebody we'll go and dip into the junior college pool and when that happens you know it's, it was very a one-off situation and i think primarily in division one division two but seeping very quickly into you know division three and NAIA is the idea that kids are going to make an emotional decision that is wrong 
In other words, it's not going to work out the way that they thought. The coach somewhere is going to lie to them. They're not going to get the playing time. They show up and the thrill of wearing that particular school sweatshirt during the signing ceremony, it's gone. And now you're the reality of, I'm one of X number of kids. I'm never eight on the depth chart. I'm never going to play. Do I really want to do this? When that sets in, before it was just like, well, I either quit my sport or I suck it up and 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 play. And now there is an outlet. The outlet is I go to the transfer portal. You know, so that is now a reality. So to your point, Mandy, everybody has to have a philosophy, even if it's just very broad, general, uh, you know, what is our approach to transfers? Declare it. It's like a mission statement. I mean, you probably as coaches have some sort of defining statement about what your team culture is all about, what your team's going to be all about. What is the philosophy towards transfers? Because you're going to get asked about it more and more, and more and more kids are starting to make their decisions or at least um, how they're defining a program by you know the idea of, of transferring down the road. So I, that's why I think it is an important, an important issue. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we see, uh, and I mean, a lot of what we do on these webinars is try to break it up, you know, with recruiting transfers, the beginning, the middle and the end. So, I mean, starting off at the beginning, I mean, looking at this list of coaches, I see that we've got, you know, NAIA up to division one, you know, NAIA division one, everything in between all sports, uh, men's and women's is, I mean, I mean, would you recommend certain things for certain divisions based on first contact to get their attention? Or is it just kind of a, I know you, I've heard you talk a lot about, you know, we got to figure out what the problems are, but how do we even get them to respond at first? Yeah, great question. And so there's a, a couple of different ways to do it. I think you can generalize it for everybody because the division three athlete who might want to transfer, uh, is has the same brain really as a division one athlete who wants to transfer. Why are they transferring? Well, vast majority of what we hear and see just based on focus group stuff is uh, I, I think the coach wasn't telling me the truth and I'm not playing as much as I, I want. And, and to go very closely with that playing time, I uh, thought I was going to play or I didn't think it was going to matter that much that I wasn't playing and I really miss playing. I want to play. So that's sort of, I'll say, category number one. Category number two is where the school is located. I just don't like it. Thought I was going to be okay with going far away from home. I don't. I miss my girlfriend. Want to go back home. I miss my parents. There's some sort of emotional attachment uh, to, to home. Or I stayed too close, want to get away. And... And so there's there's that. So it's usually location, playing time. A very small third category is um, I maybe athletically wasn't as good coming out of high school as I am now as a sophomore in college, went through the growth spurt, trained, added muscle mass, speed, whatever my sport dictates. And now I have this opportunity. I'm seeing that I could actually compete in Division One, And so they're trying to enter the portal and move up. Um, so we're seeing some division three action, division two action, and AI even, um, happen in that regard where they're starting to say, I can, I want to move up. And this is where I think, you know, 
since that's a possibility, let me talk to just Division three coaches. Well, really, anybody besides a non-D1 coach. So many of your kids have the dream of going D1 or think they should be going D1. Certainly, their parents probably think they should be going D1. So what if you were the program that said, hey, look, you come to us, play for me, because I think you're good. I think you could develop into a D1 caliber, again, football player, track and field athlete, softball player, swimmer. And and that's who we recruit here. We recruit the, I want those kids because I, I, for all of you, I want, for a non-D1 coach, I want you to sort of um, give them the the brand idea that, you are a division one program. You're just not in division one. You do things the same way. They're not going to miss out by, by coming to your program and not going to another. So what if you made the, the case or the promise that if you decide in a couple of years that you want to try to go to D1 or you want to transfer, I will help you. I'm not going to try to hold you back. I want what's best for you. Um, and I'll, we'll develop you and if you don't want to be here on our team, then we'll help you try to you know, see what else is out there. I say you should offer that up because that's the reality now anyway. It's very easy for them to do that. So you're not really losing anything by saying that. In, in other words, by not saying it, by not bringing it up, it's not like you um, take the transfer portal off the table. They're still going to have access to that. It'll come to mind, but I think you could use it actually as a selling tool at the beginning for the kid who thinks, man, I should be D1, can't believe I'm talking to this D2 program or D3 program, I'm settling, I'm not happy. Well, what if you're the coach that said, I think you're D1, I, we can get you there. And if you want to transfer then, and if you have the opportunities, okay. Because I think what reality says is, once I get to your school, get to know you as a coach and hopefully you run a good program and do some of the other program building things that, that you know we've talked about, Mandy's talked about, and that you just instinctively do as a coach, they become ingrained. Uh, they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend on campus. They have friends on campus. They buy into what the teams do and they like the team. They like your offensive system, whatever it is. And now, even though I've developed and I could maybe transfer, I don't want to, I want to stay here. I'm close to my degree. So I think there's a different mindset halfway through your college career when you might be thinking about a transfer versus as a kid, which is, well, I'm just as good as that guy, or she's not as good as I am, and she's getting to go D1. Why is that? All right, let's commiserate with them a little bit and make the case that if you come here, I'll keep training you to get into D1. Uh, and if you want to transfer, I'm all about that. That's fine. I'll, I will help you. I want what's best for you. And I think when you give that up, what we've seen happen in the coaches that have, have tried that is that the walls come down, and they're able to, the, the athlete, able to say, wow, okay, she's really good with that. All right, well, maybe I should go there. That might be like a good little fallback school I can use, and then I'll, I'll parlay that into Division One. And again, in reality, probably nine times out of 10, they're going to stay at your school. And they might develop into a really good athlete, even though they could switch. They're not going to because I don't want to interrupt your, you know, their their educational process and everything else. So um, that th those would be the sort of the three categories of why we see kids transferring and maybe a little bit of detail on, on how to how to use those just natural occurrences to, um, you know, to your favor.
Are you seeing uh, email, texting, social media, reach outs, anyone working better than another when you first uh, identify a kid in the in the transfer portal to get them to I respond mean, to you? Yeah, I mean, usually, um, I mean, uh, so if you're asking like how would how would I do it and what we've seen coaches be successful with, I think multiple different ways. So let's just say your your main way is replying to an email. Um, Hey, see in the portal, um, you know, you make your, your connection. Uh, I would then also follow up if, if I, again, depending on what information from a contact standpoint I had, follow up with the text at the same time. After I sent that email, send a text, hey, it's Coach Tudor. Um, and, you know, just sent you an email, really interested in talking. Take a look at it and get back to me. And I might then send a direct message. Same thing, whatever contact points because it's the first contact, they don't know who I am. I don't want to just use one. I'll use one as sort of my base, but then I'll say to all of them through various means, um, hey, take a look at your email. I just emailed you. Mm -hmm. And again, what I want to do is not repeat the same message. I want to draw attention to the fact that there's a message waiting for them because I need them to be prompted to look at it and then respond to uh, to that message. So, um that, that, that would be the general way I would do it. There's no one certain way that works. So I would cover all my bases because what we're finding is that kids are becoming pretty varied in how they, you know, how they respond and what their favorite method of responding is. No. And I get that question all the time. So I thought I would throw that out at you, but yeah, it's a good one. In the, you know, in the messages that you're sending, what, I mean, I, I have, I have a lot of coaches say, I can't even get a kid to respond to anything I'm sending out what uh i mean before we even get to actually speak with them right we're still trying to create the conversation what are some of the things that you feel like are good things to be focused i mean money right might be a thing if they're a scholarship program or if they're a division three coach what are some of the things that they should be saying in this first initial email or text to to get a kid to actually respond to them yeah I mean, similar to our rules or what we've seen work for first contacts with high school athletes, um, I think one general rule applies here is that don't use that first opportunity to start selling your school or your program. Um, but Dan, they don't know who we are or where we're located or anything about my program or how good we are. There's time for that. Uh, and really what I want them to do is if you're, if you're a good program, you're a good coach, then let them start doing what we all do, which is hop on the phone and, and Google you and go to watch videos or pick up stats and stuff. Um, so they'll they'll do that. What, what I don't want is to cloud up the response with a sort of generalized, sounds like you sent it to everybody's sales pitch of, you know, a definition of your program, a quick history. Um, I wanted to be, saw you in the portal or, or heard you wanted to transfer, wanted to reach out. Um, and of course, you know, the reason why is we were looking for, you know, we had two of our shortstops graduate, we need a new shortstop, whatever the situation is. Um, also, to your point, I think you do have to mention something about money because within the last year, we've seen this giant push now, I mean, really more than ever before, uh, this sudden shift to, we need money for college. Uh, Everybody's always wanted the full scholarship. They've they've um, pushed for getting as much money as possible, but it hasn't been as much of a defining factor in a final decision 
as it has for this class over the last year. Just, again, simple economic realities, I think, are at play with inflation, the cost of everything going up. Um, it's on the minds of families. And so I would definitely throw out the idea, or if, if you have athletic scholarship money, then mention that. You don't have to promise them a certain amount, but just to say, like, you know, we give scholarships or we have, you know, money, some money set aside for you. I want to talk to you about it. I wouldn't mention it because I want to, again, draw the conversation out back to you. Um, if you're Division three and there's no athletic money, and let's just say they're not familiar with Division three, you're dealing with a Division one athlete who got recruited by D1 and D2 schools. They want something different and they're open to Division three. Um, I'm going to make the pitch that you come to Division three. Um, you're going to get money to come to school here. We give, you know, five figure amounts for kids to come to school here, whatever the appropriate, um, you know, phrasing you would want to use because your school does, you discount the heck out of your, out of your tuition. So it's not athletic money. Um, so I don't think you have to get into the nuance of, well, it's an athletic or it's not an athletic scholarship. It's an academic scholarship. If your school costs 45,000, and they're going to get $23,000, let's just say, to go there on average. I'm probably, as a coach, going to say most of our athletes get between twenty dollars and $25,000 a year to come, get, to come to school here as they're playing uh, soccer for us. That gets my attention because it's sort of, you know, again, what I've heard about Division Three maybe is you get no money to go there. Well, you do. It's just not from the athletic side. Only it's academics and grants and awards and everything else. So give them a range that they could expect. If it ends up being more, then that's great. Um, but if that's, I think, part of the hook to then say, but I wanna start working through the process to see exactly what we could give you. And that's why I wanted to talk. So those would be some of the initial things that, you know, the fact, and throwing in, again, what you would normally do anyway, where I saw you or how what I liked where when I sort of researched you a little bit, um, that would be, you know, sort of the, the list of things that I would focus on. But again, I almost think it's important as important as what's not going in that message versus what is, and I, what shouldn't go in it is facts about the school, facts about you as the coach, facts about the program. Cause then it turned into this big, long salesy sounding message, leave it out. I hope they come back to you and say, Hey coach, sounds good. I'm interested. Um, you know, I'm a midfielder. So how do you use your midfielders? Didn't really see anything on stuff that I, I looked out, looked up about you. Great. Now I can, I can, as the coach, get back and have a back and forth conversation. And just by the virtue of doing that, you have outpaced probably 90% of your competitors who are trying to sell them all on your, on their school right at the start. And as the kid, I gloss past that because it sounds salesy and not real. And I want to have a conversation with a coach who sounds like they're actually recruiting me individually based on a reason. Um, so that we have seen work very well. No, I gotcha. And, you know, you mentioned time. <clears throat> I know, uh, you know, and I've read and a lot of the honey badgers and listening to the podcast, you've, uh, you've said, you know, I mean, the, obviously the, the recruiting, uh, the transfer portal kids tend to go within 30 days, 60 days. It's a much shorter window. 
what would I mean? So maybe this is a two-part question: Is thirty to sixty yeah. days about the time that you see uh, coaches have to recruit these kids? And then, what would you? What are key steps that coaches should be doing as soon as we get them to respond to us to uh, to tell their story and why why they should come to our school, and not their competitors? Yeah, yeah. Two great questions. So, um, let me start to answer the the second one. Uh, first, and then you'll probably have to remind me of the first question. So the second, the second answer, to the second question is uh, when you're reaching out to them. Uh, I mean, look, first of all, we, we can safely assume it's 30 to 60 days. That tends to be the average. Sometimes that'll go a little longer. Sometimes, you know, we've had uh, coaches reach out, which they think is I'm right on top of this. And the, the athlete has said, Coach, I want to talk to you, but I've already talked to these three other schools and I'm probably going to make my decision in the next week and a half. If that happens, um, that might not prevent you from being in the game, but it just tells you kind of where you, where you are on the timeline and what you have to do within that time frame. So on point number one, or question number one, I guess I would answer that one of the first questions to them, if I were the one recruiting them, would be, walk me through what your timeline is here. When are you wanting to pick your new school? My prediction is you're going to have probably in the next month or two. Uh, a lot of these athletes start doing this in the spring or the late winter. They don't want to go through the rest of the spring with the mystery of where am I going to go to college and play next year. Um, so that's going to be the norm. You have some lapse into the you know 90 day range, but it's going to be in that 30 to 60 day usually. Um, so, and I think if I had to pick one certain time as the norm or the, the most popular, I'd say about 45 days, six weeks or so, that's usually the extent of it. Um, so that's point number one. So what do we talk about? Um, again, a question for them is, so walk me through or explain to me, why are you wanting to leave school X? And I say that because what we're finding is that it goes back to those those uh, two reasons that you could probably sort of bank on, which is not getting the playing time slash coach wasn't honest with me. He told me this. It didn't turn out that way. <clears throat> and I want to play. Point number two is I don't like it here because too far away from home, don't want to be in a city, don't want to be rural. Um, don't want it this cold, hate that it's this hot, whatever it is, there's some reason or set of reasons that they're, um, that they're, they're, um, they're switching. It could also go into personality. So I just don't get along with this team. Coach yells and screams. I'm quieter. It intimidates me, makes me nervous. I want somebody who's more of a, a teacher. Um, so I need to, for, I need this for two reasons. Number one, I want to know how to recruit them because now just with those two questions, I have um, I have determined how long do I have to, to recruit this athlete? And number two, what do I need to focus on within that time? So if I only have three weeks, I can't go through my whole normal recruiting cycle. I have to really focus on the things only that are determining for that athlete where they're going to go next. And usually that athlete is trying to fix a problem. Um, it's not that they love their school, but I'm just going to see what else is out there because I love the school so much. No, when you enter the transfer portal, you're also telling that coaching staff at that school, I'm not going to be here. So they're trying to fix a problem. I now, as the coach, listening to what we're talking about here that is on the other end of that, 
I want to be the coach that fixes that problem. And it's shocking to me the number of coaches that never determine what the problem is. And they just sort of go into the general sales. Hey, here's what's great about our school. Here's what's great about the team. Here's what's, you know, just it's all general and it's not specific to answer the problem. And we see a strong gravitation for the athletes who are hearing from a coach that addresses specifically why they are in the program and or in the portal and what kind of program they're they're looking to uh, to transfer in so hard to come up with a generalized answer but if you ask those two questions on the timeline as well as what are you trying to fix then um i think you would you're going to get the answers you need and one more quick thing on on uh, the second part what are you trying to fix well you know coach i, I don't like this about the way you know uh, she runs her defense that never, I just, that's not how I play. And also it's too cold here. What my follow-up would be, okay, that one and that one got it. What else? And then they say, well, you know, also wait, it's, it's a hard school to go to academically. I'm just struggling. And, um, I just need, I just need a different academic setting. Cause I'm just, I, I just can't, you know, handle it. All right, so it's this, this, and this. So those three things, what else? And I'm going to keep saying what else until he or she runs out of, until I finally hear, that's it, coach. It's just those three things, or just those seven things, or 12 things, whatever it is. But I need to know because what do we know teenagers are really good at? Your athletes that you coach now, what are they really good at? We go at them and ask a question. Uh, hey, what, what's on your mind? Well, it's this. Well, it could be four other things, but I'm just going to give you one answer. Is that enough? Or are you going to leave me alone now? Um, I need to dig because this is going to the root of their decision-making because you ask, you get to question or finally answer number four. Um, what we hear or find sometimes is, well, you know, also my dad uh, really misses me and uh, he and mom are going through some stuff and I just want to be closer to home. Okay, now we may be getting to the real reason. So that would tell me, had I not asked that again, maybe I wouldn't have reached out to the parents. I, if I hear something about the parents or the family, I'm probably going to reach out to mom and to dad and mm -hmm. ask them, hey, you know, talk to your daughter, you know, um, you know, tell me about, you know, what's going on. She seems to be concerned about this. Um, you, know, you may not do that right, you know, the first phone call, but I, I want to investigate that and get them to feel like I'm on their side. And I'm trying to help them fix the problem too. Um, so that's that's the way that in general I would approach it. And pretty much if you approach it that way and put your own spin on it, uh, then you're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll understand how to recruit them, and it's going to be different every time, but it'll be more specific to each recruit. Tudor University has been the standard for advanced training and education for college coaches who want to truly learn to recruit effectively. And now it's all new. The latest techniques, the newest trends, and how coaches need to change their approach with this class of recruits. For ongoing education that will help you run a better program, go to dantutor.com and click on the Tudor University button to see why coaches everywhere have trusted it for more than a decade. Now, back to the show. No, I gotcha. And you mentioned the parents. Parents, I mean, I know with high school kids, you know, a big message that we have is we need to get parents involved. Do you find, and I know it can be a case-by-case -case basis, but what's what would your advice be to these coaches on this webinar about 
getting transfer parent uh, recruit or uh, the, the the parents of transfer recruits involved. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's a little bit different just because you're dealing now with a uh, an adult ish um, college athlete. So they're you know two or three years in or a year in. Um, they know sort of the behind the scenes. They've been on the other side of the curtain. They know that it's, you know, the business side of it. And again, I'll go back to, they're usually trying to fix a problem. So it's their problem they're trying to fix. What we find is that most parents, hey, if you can, you do this and, you know, there's not an additional cost or it's right for you, then yeah, we support it. But um, how I would work my way into that conversation with the parents, because they're always going to assume the parents are involved behind the scenes unless I find out completely that they're not. But I might ask the athlete as I'm wrapping up a conversation with him, hey, I'd love to reach out and say to your mom or hide your mom and dad. You mentioned one or both of them in the conversation. Can I get their cell and just sort of find out kind of what what they would need to know about us? If you hear the athlete say, hey, coach, don't need to do that. Uh, They're not really a part of this decision. Okay, done. If they offer it up, then I'm going to take advantage of it and reach out because, you know, look, if they're trying to fix a problem, that means it's a problem that the parents are probably concerned with, which means, you know, as a, as a parent, and many of you are parents, we don't want our kids going through stuff. We want to solve that. We just want it smooth, normal, normal college experience. And so let's get this wrapped up and fixed. If they're looking at five or six or 10 other schools that have shown interest in them, and you're the only coach that took the time to just say, hey, it's Coach Tudor. Just talk to your daughter. Um, really impressed with her. We'd really like to have her here. But I just want to reach out and say hi and ask you if you had any questions or the things that were on your mind as, as like priorities that you would want for her. I'm just going to tell you, as a parent, and those of you that are also parents, just put yourself in that situation. Wouldn't you be incredibly impressed with that coach versus the other nine who hadn't contacted you? Of course, the answer is yes. What if you're the school that isn't doesn't have the great athletic history, or you're the new coach, or the younger coach, or the you know the com, you know the conference or the division level that isn't my my dream as a parent? I'm still going to be impressed. Hey, maybe they could be the solution for this good finish for you know our daughter or our son, and that's why I think that's I'm always going to try to see if that's a, a pathway because so often it is. So if coaches only have about 45 days to get these transfer kids, how would you suggest they adjust their communication frequency, right? Yeah. Uh, you were on with your questions, Mandy Green, <laughs> today. You just, everybody knows she didn't run these past me, but she's she's on it. So, um, was, I mean, so everybody mostly has, have heard us talk about, or those of you that are clients, you see the messaging that we put together, that you get that is timed about every six to nine days. A lot of times we'll average that out to a week and there's some flexibility, of course, as to when that goes out. Um, Because we have a shorter time span, I'm going to probably adjust that to every three or four days simply because they're in a more hurried mode and we want to, you know, play by those rules. Um, The other thing is that uh, I'm only going to focus on the things usually that, that, um, uh, that they have identified as the reasons that they are transferring. So what problem are they trying to solve? Why are you transferring? Going back to that question, 
whatever their four, five, six, two things are, that's what I'm going to focus on when it when it comes to um, actually putting out the information that I do put out. It's going to dictate exactly what I send. And this is where it gets a little tricky. So I probably can't recruit 100 transfers because I'm going to have 100 different recruiting plans going in addition to my regular recruiting. There is a certain point where it becomes, uh, you know, just it breaks down the system. So part of that philosophy, going back to the very beginning uh, of, of this conversation, is what is the the, um, the the number of recruits that we would typically want to go after? The inter interesting thing about doing that is when you do it, let's just say you pick, we're only going to go after 10 or 15 recruits. You now probably the next step for a coaching staff or an individual coach is going to say, okay, if I can only do 15, what does that ideal recruit look like? Because I can't just recruit, I can't spray everywhere and just take in as many as I can get. I need to be a little more targeted. Well, what are you going to do then? I have to develop my targets. So it narrows you down more and more. It becomes, you know, more of a plan that you have to put into place. Or what is our philosophy? It can kind of go into that philosophical approach. And that has worked, I think, very well for coaches and coaching staffs to stay on track and not just collect new prospects to try to to try to uh, to get to come to my school because a lot of them would not be right for your program and um, and I need to focus on the ones that are right. And since I said that, uh, I'll go back really quickly to what are the problems you're trying to solve. Um, let's all admit and and agree that the problem could be the athlete. And so the last thing I want to do is bring in an athlete to my program that is not going to add, but in fact, take away from what's what we have developed culturally or, you know, athletically or however you're sort of basing, you know, judgment factors on, on that athlete. I want to make sure that that athlete contributes to us. So if I hear a bunch of coach lied to me, coach is a jerk. Coach makes me, and I had to miss practice because I, you know, I had a runny nose and, you know, they got on to me because I it's my third missed practice in the first three weeks. But I told them, you know, I need rest. Okay, do I want to coach that athlete? Serious question. They look good on paper. Um, oh wow, this is their they're going into their third transfer. <laughs> okay, you know, again, it's it's worth sort of uh, asking these questions not just to find out how to recruit them, but also to determine do I want to recruit them because there's a lot of athletes that are leaving for a reason. And sometimes it's a reason of their own making. And I don't, if I'm a coach, I may not want to bring that athlete uh, in. How is the campus visit different with recruit or with uh, transfers versus a high school kid? Is there anything coaches should focus more or less on with a visit? Well, yeah. So first thing I would say is that don't assume that they need to visit the, the campus. Um, so why do high school kids visit a campus? Because, I've never been on a college campus, or I don't know what it's like, um, want to see the stuff. I've never been outside of my hometown. Okay, so let's fast forward two or three years. They've traveled. They've been to a campus. Uh, they sort of understand, you know, what the look is, the feel is. They've had more freedom now to, you know, maybe they, they've driven past your campus. They, you know, they just, there's, there's, some more sort of world knowledge uh, of, of the college world of athletics. So 
I don't think they necessarily need to go to campus. They might want to come, and I certainly would want them to be on campus. I mean, if nothing else for what we just brought up, I want to sort of get a feel for them. Are they somebody I want to coach? But if it's somebody you're interested in, you don't need to bring them to campus, but you feel like, well, that's part of the process. We need to wait and have them come to campus before we offer or move forward. Not necessarily. Um, if it's important to you, yes, but it's not as important to them as it was. Um, again, if you can fix the problems where the campus is, you know, hey, you know, you're closer to my house, I'm good. Uh, you're warmer, I'm fine. You're closer to a big city, that's great. That's you know, it's what I you know what I'm looking for. Um, and plus, again, they're just better at researching, so they're going to come in with a, a a bigger breadth of knowledge usually. Um, so that's, um, I, I think that's one difference in the campus visit is that you may not need a campus visit. If they come onto campus, it's a business meeting. So in high school, we know it's really important for that high school athlete to feel connected and wanted with the team, some of the younger kids on the team. That still applies, totally works as a part of your campus visit experience, have to keep doing it um, for the the junior on the team or that would be a junior or even a senior in your program um do they need to spend all day with the other juniors and seniors no do they need to meet them probably and you know feel a little bit welcome sure but what's really going to come down to is less of a great campus tour uh than sitting with them in your office and you connecting with them and explaining why you want them why you see them as a fit, maybe walking through film, again, everything is appropriate sport by sport, but some sort of analysis, here's what I see you doing, here's how it fits with us. Um, here's one thing I saw you do here, here, and I love that, and here's how we would use that in our defensive scheme. You know, Again, by sport, you pick your pick your thing. I would have it be a lot on, on that. Uh, if there's anything in the problems that they have listed that I'm trying to solve, let's just say, Campus I'm in now, way too big. I'm totally overwhelmed. I feel like I don't know anybody. Okay. If I hear that and now they're coming to my campus, um, I am probably going to create something of smaller feel, more personal connection um, with probably people that are closer in age. Again, so I'm recruiting somebody going into their junior year next year. Probably going to put them with some other juniors, maybe some sophomores to connect with, to they don't have to spend a ton of time with them, but I want to give them enough to feel like, okay, these kids like me. I feel like I'm, you know, friendly. And I would, I would format the whole campus visit under the banners or the themes of the problems that this solves. Because again, that's how they're making this decision. So, so what that campus visit looks like is going to be dependent prospect by prospect and what you find out during kind of your fact finding or your initial questions. Um, but if you format it like that, you're going to connect with them and hit it out of the park and let everybody else that is not listening to this keep doing, oh, transfer, they're going to go into our general, you know, we'll send them over to admissions, they'll do the tour. They'll, I hope they do that because you're going to win if those coaches don't follow the same guidance that that you know we're giving you here you want it to be as connected and as personal to solving the problem as possible and if you do that it's going to be hard for them to not at least take you deep into the process um, and a lot of times when coaches have done it this way 
the athlete's reaction is, I didn't know I was going to be this interested in your program. But it's, boy, you're making it really hard to not make you the, the choice. So, um, again, when you're trying to solve a problem, and I keep coming back to this theme, whatever problem it is in your life right now, so pick a problem that you're a big one in your life. Imagine somebody could come in and fix that. Not the person you wanted necessarily or the person that you thought or the solution that you thought, but if it solved the problem, wouldn't it be hard to not just go with that, just to get the problem off your list? And right now, this transfer is the biggest thing on their mind as a student athlete in college of the, compared to anything. And so I want to make sure I'm addressing it within that context or through that lens. Now, I have other questions for Dan. If anybody else has a question, please, please hop in but um, or put it in the chat and we can read it out loud. But uh, how important do you feel setting deadlines, setting timelines for transfers is, even though you know they're going to be making a decision soon, is that as important? Yeah. And so, yeah, for other questions that come up, I got about seven or eight minutes. I'd love to answer any that, that uh, specifically come up. But to your question, uh, as far as timelines, really important on the high school side. We've written a lot about that, and I know most of the people that are listening to this have, have heard us talk about that. Um, I think the great thing about transfers is it does self-regulate quite a bit, that they're trying to make this decision soon. They don't, they don't want to not have a place to go. Um, again, when you enter the portal, it sort of communicates something to your current coach. And some of you have, have experienced that. You know what you think of that athlete or where you're putting them in categorically for next year, which is probably somewhere off your roster and not in your plans. So there's a little bit of a clock ticking and they need to make this decision. So that takes care of a lot of it. The only time a timeline would come in, I think, is if you had one position to fill, you have two great athletes number athlete a is a little bit better than athlete b i might want to start explaining to athlete a that look um we need to make a decision if you know, you know how you would want to do this there's a million different ways on short term um but uh i would want to voice to them that we're going to need a decision by around x date because there's another athlete if you're not going to take it that's fine we don't you know you're we don't want to be the place to settle for we want you to find a good place for you, but we have an athlete that we want that wants us and we're interested if we don't get you. I would frame it somehow like that and give them a general time. And because it's condensed, I could say you could probably do that as soon as a week and a half later and not feel they're not going to feel like they're pressured. Um, so I, th I think you have permission to do that, but usually there's not going to be the need. Did anybody else have any questions or I'll just keep firing away until Dan needs to leave, but anybody? Dan, any different advice you'd give for recruiting a junior college than the transfers? How, how different are they, do you feel? Um, I think the junior college athlete, slightly different. I mean, all the timeline stuff is usually about the same. Um, they, I mean, usually you can start obviously recruiting them earlier. So if I knew I was going to recruit a junior college athlete, uh, then I'm probably going to start recruiting them similar to the way I would as a high school athlete, maybe early in their sophomore year, late in their freshman year, knowing if I, I wanted them. And um, it's going to follow more of 
the the high school feel and look. But um, I, the one biggest difference with junior college athletes is usually the reason that they went to junior college is something happened. Um, <clears throat> just started playing my sport, wasn't good enough, but I'm getting better. Um, academically, I just wasn't there. Financially, we just couldn't do anything. I had an injury I, I want to recover from. Um, so I think it's important to find out what was, you know, so, hey, why did you choose such and such junior college? Um, walk me through like that whole process. There's going to be some story behind it. There almost always is a story behind a JC athlete. Find out what that is. Um, and now figure out, I mean, one of the questions I think is good for a junior college athlete is to figure out what's different now versus then. So in high school, what kind of school would you have picked back to, as a high school student? But now that you've been in JC, now what kind of a college would you um, would you pick? Like, I want to get the before and after because they might be a little bit more sort of focused on whatever the next two years holds, my degree and all that might be a little more mature. Um, the other thing we find about JC athletes, just like transfer portal athletes, is um, I want to go to the school where I can play, usually, or have a fair shot at, at starting. So, coach, explain to me, how do I get playing time? Why do you want me? What's my role? Becomes more of a business-like decision versus high school uh, high school players. Um, so, that that's really the biggest difference. But there are way more similarities than differences when it comes to the two. Gotcha. Uh, one last question for me. And then again, if anybody else has questions, please pop in. But your the current roster, I mean, I've heard you speak, you know, again, at track and field, I, I've heard on a few podcasts, things that you've said to keep your current roster from transferring out, right? Because mm -hmm. that obviously is it puts 10 times more work on a coach to have recruited them, had them for a year, and then now they leave. And now we got to replace them. What, I mean, you know, real quick, what were, uh, I mean, a few different examples that you've given to keep your current team happier, right? Or just keep explaining to them their role, right? And some of that kind of stuff to prevent maybe some some transfers from leaving. Yeah, I mean, this this could be its own webinar. No, I know. Let me, so... <laughs> Um, but but I, I think look a general approach. Maybe we, we'll start back with the philosophy. Um, Ten years ago, certainly twenty years ago, when we started this, um, coaches having to convince athletes to stay at the school was not really a thing um, that the coaches had to focus on. I think more and more the sign of good recruiters is going to be at all levels whether or not you can keep the kids that you recruited. Certainly, I mean, whether you keep the kids that you got verbally committed, do they actually sign and come to the school, number one. Number two, once they get to the school, does our team, and also, I'll extend it broadly, does our athletic department and our campus continue to recruit them to justify why they should stay? Most coaches, and I would come from the school thought just as a coach, is you're here, work hard, earn your place, suck it up. You know, that's, you know, old school. That's the way, you know, that's just how I grew up. I think now what you're having to do, if you want numbers and consistency and everything else is um, 
you, I've described it before, you almost have to be a little bit like a cruise director, which is not something that's fair. It's not something I think coaches sh should just have to do, uh, you know, because it's your job. It's not your job, but it is something now that you have to do to, um, to get, to get kids to stay. So a, a quick story that has nothing to do with, with transfers necessarily, but years and years and years ago, we had an opportunity to work for about a year with um, the USC Trojan football team when Pete Carroll was there the year after they won the national championship. And I'll try to make this quick, but in one of the meetings, what they, it was really interesting because Lane Kiffin there, you had Steve Sarkeesian, um, you had like an array of, of now, you know, just coaches all, all the way around that have, have continued to have good careers. And what they did at that level was every offseason, they analyzed everything that they were doing for their current team and how could they make it better. So it was, hey, they laid out all their T-shirts and all the stuff they gave away. How can we make this better? Is there a better graphic? Is there better material? Is there a better shirt brand now that's, that the kids want? Um, where do we take them for our you know trips or something? They you know, do little getaways around L.A., how they liked that what could have been better what about the food we served there was it good enough now and they just did that for everything they evaluated how can we make this a better experience for our team um and yeah i remember like at the time there were youtube videos of will they arranged will ferrell to come to practice you know just barge into practice not all of us have access to will ferrell to come into our practices but what do we have access to what are the things that can show them, man, this is a great place. This is cool. I don't want to leave this. Even if I'm not playing, I don't want to leave this. I think connections, those first two years are so critical to feel connected, to have a purpose. We recommend, like, we're big on have your freshmen who, yeah, they don't know everything about your philosophy, your program, they don't have the experience, but your freshmen should lead and host campus tours, the visits, all the recruiting. That should be their job. What that has shown throughout the country at all different levels is when you put your freshmen in that role and you train them and you let them have some say in designing the visit and you let them take charge, you let them, you let them text you, Hey, here, I like this recruit. I don't like this recruit. Here's how it's going. They get a vote in the process, um, or at least they get the feeling that they have a vote and feedback when you do that. And now they have a role in this, this world they enter into. I'm scared, even if it's just, again, a smaller D3 school. What's my role? Why am I here? Coach doesn't seem to to want me as much as he did in you know, say uh, when I was a high school senior. Do I even like it here? It's cold here. It's too hot here. Whatever. It's hard academically. I need a purpose. I need a connection. If I can have a connection with the other women on the team, the other men on the team, and I can also have a connection with the incoming recruits who now they see me as somebody they're looking up to. That's sort of cool. Um, so now I have a purpose. And now I can stick through those first two years. If I can make it through the first two, your, your attrition rate starts to go way down. Um, so that I think is the key is during those first two years, how do you make them feel connected, feel wanted, the experience is good. Um, we've seen teams you know, in athletic departments even, uh, 
everybody wears one shirt on a Friday or something like that. Um, there's some sort of signifier that here's I belong. Here's my 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 tribe. Here is my group. Here is my team, and I'm a part of it. Um, and there's that connection. And they feel like the coach is interacting with them. You know that interaction. I mean, just all the different studies of of you know connection and everything. That could be as short as two minutes once every couple of weeks. Just you as the coach coming up to a player you hadn't talked to in a couple of weeks and saying, hey, so you're out here, you're looking really good. How's everything going in class? Last I talked to you, you were struggling a little bit in English. Just showing interest like that. I mean, again, put yourself back in your 18, 19-year-old freshman in college mind. Didn't that make the world a difference to you or wouldn't have made the world a difference to you? So some coaches have developed. They have a little list of have I taught – I'm checking off the list. I, I need to talk to each guy. I need to compliment them. I need to say something in front of them. Um, you know, if I have the the postseason meeting or the once a month meeting or whatever, you know, however you work it on your campus, don't just ask the same questions. Uh, assume there is something going on that they're not telling you. Because if you do that, then you're going to probe a little bit differently and probably more um, so I would, I would take that approach that it's your job to connect and to make them feel connected. And I would put a lot of responsibility on your athletic department. So if I ever get the chance to talk to your athletic department, that's what I would come in and talk about is the fact that the department or all the coaches together need to do this. They need to create this community that it becomes such a draw. Nobody wants to leave it. Uh, and of course, stuff's always going to happen. You're always going to have attrition but you could see it go from 40% down to 7%. And that's, that's impactful because to be successful as a coach, you need those juniors and the seniors. If they're out competing for you, you're going to win or have a heck of a better chance at winning. And um, that's, that becomes sort of a, uh, just a big driver for it. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. Love it. it. Anybody else have questions? I know a lot of you guys had to run to, to different meetings. And I know Dan has got a meeting, but um, I mean, please email me, email Dan directly. I'll stick all of our contact info in the in the follow up message and send out as soon as I get the replay uh, kind of up into to Vimeo. I will send that out to everybody. But Dan, thanks. Thanks for coming. Um, thanks for having me. I, uh, it's it's always good to hear you talk. And there's a lot of it, right? Obviously, I, I have heard you speak a million times, but still, there's always something, some little thing that I, I know I pick up. And so hopefully you guys weren't just passive listeners, but were actively taking notes and apply it, try it, right? And then that's what Dan's here for. I'm here for. I know Dan Christensen's mm -hmm. on here. Mike is on yep. here. We're here to follow up, try it, get the feedback, how did it work? And then come talk to us and we can help tweak and adjust and always in an effort to make your job simpler and easier as coaches, right? Because having the knowledge is one thing, but we got to apply it and find the, how it works for you and your program and your resources that you have. So thanks, Dan. I really appreciate you hopping on. And uh, yeah, if there's anything anybody else has, again, just reach out and uh, follow up in an email. Yeah. Thank Thanks, Randy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Dan. College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. And do us a solid, coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. 
And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.